Hello, today is October 9th. Happy Leaf Erickson Day. Happy to you too. Joined to my right by Thomas Frey, to my left and a little diagonal by producer Rue. I'm Adam Hartog and this is episode 25 of the Breaks Down Podcast, part of the 528 Podcast Network. We have a very exciting show for you guys today. We're going to talk a lot about college football, give a quick baseball playoff update. We're going to recap some of the NFL games, talk about the ones coming up next week. We're going to do awards, and we're going to do our bold predictions of the year. Of the week. Yeah, the cadence is on point today. All right, we have a cool show coming up. Let's do it. All right, awesome week of college football. The highlight was the Red River rivalry, which is always awesome, between Oklahoma and Texas. The Sooners came out on top with a last-minute 34-30 to win. This is just college football at its best. The Cotton Bowl divided exactly halfway down the middle between orange and red and cream. The atmosphere on point. It's an awesome way to kick off the Saturday slate. So I was at my my cousin's wedding, for which I was a groomsman, and he bet Oklahoma. And his rallying call throughout the whole morning was, Texas is not back. And he (laughs) just kept saying it. And we're on the bus after the church and he just keeps yelling boomer sooner and this Uh is after his at his actual wedding after (laughs) his wedding so it was pretty pretty electric and i bet texas and lost a lot of money on them but i couldn't help but be happy for him so it's pretty cool i fell for the trap i bet on texas also i hammered him hammered him lost all my money you had the the over too though which hit right well i had the over with texas winning Mm -hmm. oh nice parlay yeah yeah, I'm such a greedy little pig, dude. Just can't take any wins. I had the under parlayed with Texas. So bad, bad both ways. <clears throat> yeah, double the bad. Yeah. They uh, should give you like a dollar back for losing all legs of a parlay. I, I agree that uh, maybe not with two, but let's say like five plus or four plus. If every leg loses, you should get not your money back, but like I, I, like a dollar back. Yeah, yeah like a dollar, dollar like. 0.01% if they want to be weird about it. Like, yeah, I just some reward for being that bad. Yeah. Would make me feel better about myself, I think. Um, Oklahoma came into this game doubted by uh, me and everybody else. So I was wrong about that. They are back 6 and 0 now, the first team to achieve bowl eligibility this season, uh, which they flirting with not even even reaching last season. Dylan Gabriel played a fantastic game, and I get the sense that everybody loves playing with that guy. All his teammates probably ride or die with with DG. It's really a shame that I couldn't jump aboard the Oklahoma train a few weeks back because of Dylan Gabriel. If, If I didn't hate his face so much, I would have been all over this, and I would have won all the money instead of losing it, but no, I just, the guy's face just really rubbed me the wrong way, and now I can't be an Oklahoma (laughs) fan until he's gone. He actually looks really cool in uniform. I'm usually more of a fan of sleeves being on the non-throwing hand. Like, him and Tua are both lefties. Tua's sleeve of of Hawaiian tats and stuff is on his right arm. Mm. Dylan Gabriel's is on his left. Still looks really cool. 
and I think he's 6'1", but he looks tiny. He looks Kyler, like Kyler a little bit. They could be lying about his height. They could be, but he, he looks pretty swaggy on the field. I like the clean shooting sleeve because of swaggy P, because his shooting arm was strictly for buckets. True, yeah. You know he teased that we would eventually learn what the P stood for. I don't think it meant anything. Probably not. I think he just thought it sounded cool, and then he changed it to swaggy champ. Oh, yeah, after he won with the the Warriors? It's way worse. <laughs> it's, it's way worse, Infinitely yeah. worse. I don't care. The P could have nothing to do with anything, and it's better than Swaggy Champ. Yeah. It's awful. Nick Young, Swaggy P Champ. Even worse. <laughs> Leave that one in the draft. <laughs> but uh, back to the, the actual uh, okay, topic. Sp- speaking of the draft, though, somebody who could have really risen their stock with an awesome showing today was Quinn Ewers. Uh, not today, Saturday. And while I I don't think the interceptions were entirely his fault, the first one, the receiver, you got to know to not get boxed out running a slant. You have to cut across the defender there. Otherwise, that's going to be picked off every time. And then the second one hit the receiver in his hands. Was it a really difficult catch? Yes. But the odds that it gets knocked out and popped up to a defender, like that's not the quarterback's fault. But I I don't think he played a, a good game. I would say he looks rather pedestrian out there. It's not that he's bad. He just doesn't... He looks like a guy, not the guy. I agree. And for somebody that was supposed to be the guy coming out of high school, that's a disappointment and probably won't hold the team this good back. I mean, I say that, but if they score on both those drives, they win the game. So I guess it is. Yeah, it also could just be the type of thing where he can't showcase it in college for whatever reason and he needs a different scheme or an NFL look or I don't know because obviously has some level of talent or he wouldn't have been so highly highly recruited so you gotta think it's in there but he definitely didn't look like a world beater as the quarterback no and that's two super highly recruited and historically highly recruited quarterbacks out of texas recently that have been struggling more than anticipated at this point in their career i'm talking about yours and Cade klubnik at clemson also which is crazy because the texas high school football scene is like the closest to college football that you could pretty much ever imagine so and, and they pump out quarterbacks too yeah so it's weird very strange i mean they could be outliers i mean and both of them could turn out to be great but they haven't looked it yet haven't looked the part yeah, quarterbacks from Texas in the NFL recently, Matt Stafford, Tannehill, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Dalton, Foles, RG3. That's a lot of guys from one state. And like you said, it's you can't be better prepared for college football than if you come from Texas, mm-hmm. specifically East Texas from what I hear. Okay. What part of Texas is Friday Night Lights? West Texas. Oh, Why? Why is why is that the focus of why is that the focus of the show then? If it's worse, uh, well, that's just the the town that Buzz Bissinger, the author of the book, went to was Odessa, Mm -hmm. which is in West Texas. Good for you knowing the author's name. It's one of my favorite books ever. I've emailed the author. Did he answer? No. Come on, Buzz. I know, but the the turnaround that Brent Venables has, uh enacted put this program through i don't know but the turnaround in oklahoma 
has via been, Brent Venable. Yes, exactly. Has been has been awesome. He has silenced the doubters. Uh, there were people already calling for his job last year, and now they're in pole position to win the Big 12. Uh, the odds are that they will face Texas again in the Big 12 championship down the road because they did away with divisions now, so that's pretty cool. We can get a rematch, and it's always hard to beat a team twice, but Oklahoma with a defense is a pretty scary sight, and Texas's was non-existent. I think we actually talked about Venable's either after week one of college football or before college football started and we were talking about how he's in that now window where he has to start like tangible results need to be shown or else he could be in trouble because the perspective from Oklahoma fans was that this guy could be a problem so it's definitely exciting to see him having them all the way turned around it seems yeah and there there were times watching on TV where it seemingly looked like he was flustered and perhaps in over his head, but he looked like he was in total control on the sidelines. So that was cool to see. He he looks like he has that program going exactly where he wants it to. I feel like there's not enough of a built-in grace period for career coordinators becoming head coaches. There's a big adjustment there that isn't accounted for whatsoever, whereas like head coach to coordinator back to head coach theoretically there shouldn't be as much so there could be just been some of that with his looking flustered that's a good point i mean people kind of view it as like going from the backup quarterback to the starting quarterback when in reality it's like going from the vp of marketing to the c cfo ceo it's it's a different job it's a very different job very different literal requirements so yeah and that's why we see a lot of guys that are like super super hot names as coordinators struggle because they don't have their they're brilliant with what they do on one side of the ball but mm-hmm. when you have to run an organization beyond just what happens on game day it's too it's much for most people on earth totally different set of skills yeah so that's a good point and i like i said i fell for texas i it looked real I mean, they, it was still a good game. It might. It was it, a great game, yeah. So, so it, it still very well could be real. Uh, if they win out and win the conference, they will probably be in the playoffs. I just, I don't think that, especially with the injuries that they endured Saturday, that they're going to be, I don't, I don't think that they will win out. So that's, I mean, if you're accounting for the injuries, that's not saying they weren't real. You know what I mean? I do. If these injuries make it so they aren't real anymore, that's one thing. But losing to an Oklahoma team who looks really awesome in a one-score game, both teams could theoretically still just be awesome. True. Very true. And this loss is not what Alabama wanted. And again, if Alabama wins out, they're going to be there too. But it's always better when the team you lost to is undefeated. Mm Mm-hmm. Looks a lot better on your resume. Yep. All right. Our next game, this one was one of the highlights of my weekend. Louisville. Sorry. Louisville. Beat Notre Dame 33-20. to <laughs> I was fine with the first pronunciation, but... <laughs> but our fans in the great state, the bluegrass state, will not be. This was tight at the half, but not as close as the final score made it seem. If that makes sense, the second half was a flash of red. This just furthers my Sam Hartman handsome theory, which I got a few texts telling me that not only did they agree, 
but that they really liked the thought behind it. So <laughs> I was awesome. very happy to hear that. <laughs> Shout out those people. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Notre Dame season is over. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs now that they have two losses. It, I, I don't think they're in, in any situation they will beat USC. Sam Hartman was supposed to be the piece. They were supposed to be a quarterback away, and they got the best one in the ACC last year, really over the last two years, and it wasn't enough to save the season and get Notre Dame back to the playoffs. Who's Is it Marcus Freeman is their head coach? Yeah. How sure are we that he's a good head coach? Less so than I was two weeks ago. He's uh, had some major missteps this year. Yep. I think he gets a lot of credit that may not necessarily be – 100% deserved. And you know what part of it is, too? Notre Dame fans felt betrayed by Brian Kelly leaving because Notre Dame is not supposed to be a job that you leave for another college job from. Mm-hmm. And they pro- promoted... There was a lot of fans that wanted them to promote Freeman, whose first name I've now already forgotten. Marcus. So Marcus Freeman, thank you. I was going to say Brian. That was in my head. Mm-hmm. And they want... It's like, it's like when a New York team brings up homegrown player it's like we really want this guy to not fail you ride with the guy i mean you there's loyalty in sport isn't a bad thing always but it's what makes sports sports yes very true very well said at least from a fan perspective yeah unless you're one of them fair weather fans yeah a lot of cowboys fans at the game yesterday going viral with memes saying let me let me order my Lakers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're one of them, then loyalty is no good for you. But So loyalty is, in fact, a good thing quite often. But sometimes it does come at your own detriment. Often with coaches. I mean, I've heard NFL coaches after they get fired. So I'll rephrase that. I'll see an interview with an NFL coach having success in his second job, talk about getting fired from his first job, and... More than a few times I've seen a coach say that he was too loyal to the guys that were on his staff that he should have replaced, and that was a lesson they they took with him. We're all in this together when in reality, like, let's say you have Jason Garrett coaching your offense. Like, the Giants knew that that was not going to work and got rid of him. Yeah, Jason Garrett running your offense, Bobby Johnson being your O-line coach. There's a lot of Giants coaches. Kevin Gilbride, otherwise known as Kevin Kildrive, for many years was the OC of the Giants. There's been a lot of those issues throughout the years. I know I know Todd Bowles has talked about that for his tenure with the Jets. That he, he stuck on to some held on to some guys a little longer than he probably should have because he didn't want to let him go. Yeah. That's yeah, very I'd never even considered it from that perspective, from the head coach being too loyal to his own staff, but that that makes a lot of sense. But your no, your point is totally on. Still, that Notre Dame fans want this guy because he's there. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you come from within. They they want they want him to be the guy. So I mean, he's gonna have a long leash. It's just there are questions there. A hundred percent. Louisville, on the other hand, very very fun to watch. One of the most underrated atmospheres in the whole sport that filters through the the television. Their defense was flying around. And they look so cool in their home red uniforms. They're up to number 14 in the AP rankings. Three of their next five games are against ranked teams. Teams that are ranked for now, at least. Duke, Miami, and Kentucky. It's the best they've been since Lamar, and it's really fun watching them play. It's really fun when they're good. I honestly agree with you for some reason. 
that it's really fun when they're good. Yeah, because you're, uh, as I've we've made very clear, you're much more the college football aficionado of the two. But I too have a soft spot for Lou, for Louisville. You got, no, you got to say. I'm not. You I don't want to. Started to. You have to. Yeah, yeah, but it was disingenuous. I didn't mean it. I was only doing it for you. <laughs> I've never once said that way before, so I'm not going to start now. But I agree that for some reason it is it is fun when they're good. I think toe-to-toe across all sports, they're in the running for best uniforms. Football, basketball, probably. Louisville soccer uniforms probably go pretty hard. I imagine it's red with black shorts. Oh, you think it's not all one color? No. I feel like that's not super common for both jerseys not dude it is it's all one it's all white and all red wow good for them yeah good for who for them (laughs) (laughs) and i'm never saying it again um but yeah shout out louisville all right also a team that wears red and that's that's the best transition i could come up with in that moment i'm not proud of it it's not bad uh usc beat arizona 43 to 41 in oh in triple Overtime, three Drake songs. <laughs> ot ot. Um, how did this? I didn't watch any of this game, as you said. It was two a.m. and I was already dead asleep by then, <laughs> long asleep. Um, did the new rankings come out, and how much did this negatively affect USC? I think they're down one spot to ten now. Okay. Uh, yeah, their defense is just. We made. We said this early on. Just completely a problem. Yep. Lincoln Riley teams turns out uh, have not fixed that when he moved to the Pac-12. Still defenseless. That was the only doubt we had with them. I mean, they have the best quarterback in the country, a top twenty NFL quarterback on their roster. Literally, <laughs> so <dude>. if not more. <laughs> I just I didn't I felt a little overzealous getting him higher than top twenty, but I mean, I would put him probably over like maybe Stroud and Goff and Dak and those guys are like bordering on top 10 all of them Goff definitely top 10 i don't want to put stroud and goff in the same sentence as dak dak is a lot more daniel jones and ryan Tannehill than he is goff and stroud i yeah he's not he's not goff and stroud but i think there's a point where i would take dak over some quarterbacks that i would probably feel dirty taking dak over would you take dak over Derek carr yes I think you're wrong. I might be. I think you're wrong. That's all I can say to that. Dak has had all of the weapons in the world and one of the best O-lines for almost his entire career, and is just okay. I think there's something to be said for being consistently okay. I think there's nothing to be said for being consistently (laughs) okay. I don't think Dak can elevate a team that isn't good, but I think generally if you have a team that's good... Dak will get you on the precipice of being one of the four remaining teams. I think if you put a lot of quarterbacks in Dak's position, they would be exactly the same. A lot, sure, but is a lot is a lot eleven or is a lot seventeen? Because that's a big I think, difference. I think it's closer to seventeen than it is eleven. By next week, I will have you my definitive list of quarterbacks that I will would take okay. over Goff. Okay. In the Cowboys situation. Okay. On the Cowboys. Yes. Over Dak. Okay. PFT was calling him Dak Jones. It's not wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it, was, it was hilarious. If you put Daniel Jones on no, no, the Cowboys. No, 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 no. Oh, oh Jerry him, Jones? No. Mac. Oh. <laughs> the third Jones. Yeah. Dak to Mac. 
also, again, he's also calling him Dak Wilson. I think if you put Dak on the Patriots, they're still the worst team in football. One of I don't no, I don't disagree with that, but I think that's more of a testament to the rest of the roster than than Dak in that situation. He doesn't. I just okay, whatever. We got to get back to college yeah. football. Uh, I so yeah, we're on USC, Arizona. I, I was like, yeah, I was trying to figure out how we got there. And it was Caleb. Was uh, <laughs> Caleb Williams better than top top 20 NFL quarterback. Yeah, that was right. where we were. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I love I love post midnight Pac-12 nonsense and this game had it to the highest degree possible. It was 2 a.m. I'd been watching live sports for 16 hours at that point because Chelsea played at 10 a.m. bordering won on 4 to 1. Nice bordering on delirium. That was a fist bump for Adam, not for me. I don't care that Chelsea won <laughs> whatsoever. Um Arizona was playing like they had zero comprehension of the situation they were in. They kicked and then missed a field goal on fourth and one with two minutes left. Would have been like a 35-yard field goal. You have the number nine ranked team on the ropes. Like, I don't understand why you're kicking on fourth and one. And then in college, stuff like that is bound to happen. You're just asking to miss that kick. USC began overtime with the ball, scored. Arizona, in one play, matched the score on a nice back shoulder throw directly to the end zone, then kicked the extra point to tie the game. Another ridiculous decision. If you're unranked Arizona and you have USC down to one play, I don't understand how you don't no comprehend balls. that. Yes, I know, exactly. That's what it is. It's infuriating. Yeah. I've, oh. I have no affiliation with the Arizona program, and it is maddening watching college football coaches do stuff like that all the time. No balls or no confidence in your own team is what is all that it is. Yeah, but even if you don't have confidence, just under like you have to have comprehension of the situation. How often in his whole life is he going to be have the chance to knock off USC on the road with this Arizona Wildcats team? Probably. Not again. Almost never. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think you go for broke with it, but I just... He didn't. No balls. Yep. Uh, All dick, no balls. <laughs> um, also, at the end of regulation, USC had a field goal blocked as time expired on a terrible snap, just adding to the nonsense that got us all here. Um, Arizona had the ball in first in the second overtime, scored, went for two, missed. USC scored, converted it. And one, a really entertaining... In the second or third overtime? Now I'm confused. I think it was in the third, but I said second. Yeah, no. I might have left a drive out of my, my recap. Okay, either way. We don't we don't need to go through every drive, so it works, but... Yeah. yeah I just wanted to make sure. No, nah, I think it was three. Rue, make sure, please. I was, I was I like, watching with one You were bordering on delirium at that point. I was, yeah. I was well, hours into delirium. Literally hallucinating <laughs> things happening in the game. This game ended, actually, and I... I got into bed, looked at my phone, and I was like, well, there's an NFL game in seven hours. <laughs> Did you make, you woke up in time for it? I was here. Wow, look yeah. at you. I was told that the odds anybody made it to the store, by anybody, I mean Mark, on time Sunday was was negative after the wedding, so. Oh, yeah. Did he? Mark, he got here at, like, three. Oh, <laughs> so not 11. Yeah. <laughs> 10, 10. We're open on 10 on Yeah, Sundays. sorry, 10, 10, 10. My fault, my fault. Get those hours right. Yeah. Um, this game probably far more indicative of things to happen going forward for USC than Arizona, and by that I mean the defensive problems 
that USC has displayed consistently throughout this season are far, far more likely to reveal themselves again than Arizona having a top team on the ropes again at some point this year. Couldn't agree more. Some games are just outliers for performance, and that would be this for Arizona. It would, but it's kind of not an outlier because of how bad USC's defense is. It's an outlier that... It's an aberration. But yeah, my point was basically just USC might keep running into situations like this because of how porous their defense is, but Arizona's not a great program of any sort. I agree, and USC has a gauntlet going forward next week. Notre Dame, the week after. Utah, two weeks after that. Washington, the week after that. Oregon, and then UCLA to close things out. So that's five, one, two, three, five out of six games ranked going forward. Current iteration of Pac-12 is scary. It's probably the best ever. Yeah. Then, and then it'll cease to exist. <laughs> yeah, totally. Good for well, them. Uh, we also had, our, I think, our first Tigers versus Tigers matchup of the season. LSU beat Missouri 49-39. to I was wrong about Jaden Daniels. I thought that he was going to hold the team back. Turns out everything else is holding the team back. You were wrong about him. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. I never had an opinion on him. I haven't seen a lot of LSU play, and I, I didn't see any of this game, so I, I can't speak too much on it. I will say that this isn't the major win that we were hoping for our guy Eli Drinkwitz. That's not going on his resume. I, uh, I just have one question for you, and then you can get into the real technical stuff of it. If you were a Mizzou fan and you beat LSU, how many Go Tigers would you throw out in one day? Over or under 50? Oh, dude. Crushing 50, overs? I was, I was in my mind just now doing trying to get a per-minute calculation, and it was over 50. Okay. <laughs> I would just be walking around. 50 per minute? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Like, 50 per if minute. If I'm walking around campus, I'm saying it's everybody I see. Go Tigers. Go yeah, Tigers. Right, go right. Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. That was Ad's Coach O impression. Bro. I think everyone probably knew. Just make it sure. No, some people don't like college football. So That's true. But he transcends the sport. True. I think your love of him raises his importance in your head more than it is i have the go tiger his last go tigers as lsu coach saved on my phone i'm not surprised whatsoever i thought it'd be your ringtone and your screensaver at this point i might make it my ringtone actually i shouldn't have given you that idea yeah probably not oh uh, also we should i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to coach drinkwitz right after this because we should try to get him on before his signature win so that he will come on after. So zero percent chance Coach Drinkwitz is coming on the pod no matter how During many times During the season I agree. Okay. Postseason I still don't I, I don't think he cares about raising Mizzou's rep in Long Island. You never know. Okay. Long Island is a Mizzou hot spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. They say Long Island's the Mizzou of New York. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that seems like a smear campaign ran by everybody north of the city, which is all upstate. Yeah, whatever they say, they are upstate. LSU already has two losses, so their playoff hopes are out the window, but this saved their season from going totally off the rails. I would imagine that 
it's, it's still early. That possibility to to go railless still exists because their <laughs> their defense is garbage, and I think they're losing Daniels after this season. So they need to they need to sort that out fast with a big transition on offense happening next off season. When someone goes off the rails, they are now railless. Is that how? I think so. Okay, I just have never thought about it. I just, without rail, yeah, yeah I guess so. They're rail is sure. All right, I just had to. I had rails under me. I no longer do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without without rails. Okay. I I had to make sure. Uh, that's all I had on that. Okay. Tiger, go Tigers. Yeah. Either way, go Tigers. Could have worked no matter the outcome. Yep. Still does. True. Uh, last game. Alabama beat Texas A&M 26-20. A&M fans despise Jimbo Fisher. It's it's intense. I mean, you talked about last week a caller trying to call a hit out on his head yeah. just so they didn't have to pay him. So I, I can't imagine it gets much better after all this. No, he definitely holds them back. The team is very talented, which is a testament to his ability as a recruiter. But he makes a few decisions every single game that are so obviously in the moment bad decisions and then immediately play out like everybody that knew then that they were bad decisions expected them to. But have you factored in that his name is Jimbo? College football is the only thing that exists that can turn guys named Kirby, Dabo, Jimbo into hundred millionaires. (laughs) Uh, what about oil? Yeah, okay, oil's good. Yeah, I feel good I about oil. About that. Shout out oil. <laughs> yeah, useful, <laughs> useful stuff. Yeah, uh, one of the decisions that comes to mind that I was describing, Bama had, or sorry, Texas A&M had a fourth and one from the Bama 44 with the game tied. They punted, gave Bama the ball, who went on to score the winning touchdown, and after the game, Jimbo said if it was fourth and half a yard, they probably would have gone for it. But because it was a little too long, they didn't. So things like this just constantly add up. And it's hard to envision them becoming comp- uh, ever a competitor for a national title when they're playing like Arizona. Well, it's a game of inches. So Jimbo's just picking from the wrong wrong spot. Yeah, but he doesn't realize that when he gets an inch, he's got to take a yard. He's given an inch. Give you some of that. I just fist bumped Dad for the non-YouTube listeners. I really <laughs> liked what he said. Uh, every time this is the last thing I got on Texas A&M and Alabama. Every time I see now Texas A&M, I think of the TAMU abbreviation and how Stephen didn't figure out what that meant. And we were talking about it like all day once, and he finally was like, "What is? What are you guys even talking about?" The, it's crazy, dude. The audacity to not even attempt to figure it out on your own, not even venture a quick Google search so you could figure it out. First thing that comes I'm up. I'm sure, yeah. And then to ask, and I just I think of it all the time. Guy's a total nut job, and he's a loyal listener, so he's I'm, I'm half bringing this up so he hears it. So shout out Steve, but also he's ruined Texas A&M forever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the A&M stands for? I think we may have been over this. Agriculture and medicine. Mechanical. Agriculture and mechanical? Agricultural and mechanical, but I was giving it to you. What? 
Texas Agricultural and Mechanical University. Oh, when you throw in the university, it changes everything. Yeah. Because I'm like, those are adjectives. <laughs> or just like... Professions. Yeah. Like has, stu- areas of study. But they're, but they're describers. Yeah. So they're typically like agricultural is usually like sciences, studies. But now that there's university on the end, that's important. Yeah. So, Sorry. Sorry for my grammar lesson. Uh, that's all I had on college football. All right. We getting into the meat, or do you have anything else on housekeeping? Yes. Um, quick MLB playoff update. So the Diamondbacks swept the Brewers in the wild card round. The Phillies also swept the Marlins. They go on to face the Braves, who they're up one nothing on right now and up big early in game two arizona facing la has them not on the ropes yet but stole the first game of that series in the al the twins swept the blue jays ending a 19 year i think postseason win drought which is just absurd the twins go on to face houston in the ds texas easily dispatched of the hapless rays facing and currently up to nothing on the upstart Orioles. I've heard that the Rangers listen to a lot of Creed in the dugout. You know Creed? I do know Creed, yes. Yeah, so I think that's funny. That is funny. That's all I got. <laughs> Who listens to Creed all that much? I hope the New York Rangers don't. Why? I don't oh, know. just, I got it. Rangers to Rangers connection. I yeah. was going Creed to <laughs> Rangers connection, and I was I got nowhere from it. Uh, but yeah, I know the Yankees listen to a lot of Taylor Swift, so she's responsible. I heard the Phillies listen to a lot of the breaks down. So we're responsible. For them winning. Yes. Shout out baseball. Except except I don't like you currently. Yeah. Like I said before we started recording, baseball is non-existent once the Yankees are out to me, and I resent the fact that it continues to go on without them. I think it should just start and stop with them. Although there's a lot of Michael K and A-Rod coverage lately i've been seeing and now jeter is in the in that coverage as well so i guess that's cool but it would be a lot cooler if it was for the yankees yeah not enough to get me watching most of the most of the postseason no but i love the clips because then they're about them true true on to meat yeah let's get into the meat um all right so as always during football season for the meat we each have picked one storyline one surprise one disappointment, and then two games next week that we're going to look out for. I don't remember who went first last time. I'm going to say that I went first last time. That was going to be my guess. Because I think you went first for awards, so I'm thinking that's how we decided that. All right, cool. So you can go first. Wait. Yes. I don't know. I st- didn't I steal one of yours, or was that your bold prediction, or was that a no- I don't. Yeah, that was my story. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're up. So you're up. Stop. Drop. And roll. Shut it down. Open up shop. Oh. <laughs> Why is DMX in the mix right now? It's you said wait, and then something else. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, I think you said. Wait. I didn't realize I Hold triggered on. that one. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, stop. Drop. <laughs> Uh, my storyline is the the Detroit Lions are for real and living up to expectations. They have a road win against the Chiefs, a loss 
to Seattle, which was just a shootout that game. But since then, they have three straight wins, none of which are by less than double digits. Their closest game uh, is a tie, two 14-point wins between the Fa- against the Falcons and the Packers. They are in sole control of first in the NFC North, and they legitimately, legitimately look like one of the best teams in the NFC. And they just beat down the Panthers, who are bad, but the Lions were also missing Jameer Gibbs. Didn't miss a beat. David Montgomery has been awesome for them. Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And you know who looks like a legitimate superstar already? It's freaking the guy. <laughs> oh, the guy. <laughs> the tight end. Oh, Sam Laporta. Laporta, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I like that. Looks yeah. awesome. <laughs> the, the best part of the guy is that I had him in a fantasy league and promptly dropped him. So oh, man. I, had, I drafted him and Kittle because Kittle was hurt at the time. But then Kittle wasn't hurt anymore. And I was like, all right, rookie tight ends are historically unproductive. (laughs) He's like the outlier of all outliers. So I dropped him. I thought it was a safe play. and But it makes it worse is I dropped him. Then my brother, Chris, picked him up. And then he also dropped him. (laughs) So I guess that makes me feel better because he'd already done some stuff by then. I did it before week one. Oh, okay. All right. That's not nearly as bad. No, but I did trade for him in another league. Nice. Yeah. He's been awesome. That whole team, though, is is totally firing on all cylinders. I doubted them coming into the year. I thought they were just going to disappoint because they're the Lions, but they're legit. Yeah, we had the discussion before the season. I think I was a little higher on them than you, a little more optimistic, but we thought maybe we were a year away from them being legitimate. But I said, who knows? We might be a year late, and it looks like we were. Yeah. I think the upper echelon of the NFL without getting too far into it, but it's probably right now I would I'd still put the Chiefs up there, the Niners obviously, and the Eagles. Yeah. I think that's probably the big three. Do you think the Lions are knocking on that door, or do you think they're still a tier below with, I guess, like the Cowboys? I think I would put them above the Cowboys. I'd love to see that game. Do yeah, me They too. don't play, but I would love to see that game. Could happen in the playoffs. I know Stafford played them once. That would be a fun matchup. And, again, we I feel like we've used this term more on this podcast than I have in my entire life. But, again, it's like that would be a great litmus test. Yeah. That's just I, – I think I, I, I need to look up some more synonyms for that term because I can't keep saying it. Uh, you I, could do like – I'm sure I'm going to say it again. Like checkpoint. I don't know. Benchmark. Measuring, benchmark. Okay. Benchmark. I was going to say measuring stick. Yeah, game. that's good too. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Of course it is. All right. Um, Worse for me. I would say that they're comfortably the third best team in the NFC. You think they're okay? That answered my next question. So, cool. uh, yeah. But I agree. I think the Lions are good, and Amonra didn't even play this week. Yeah, offense was still humming. I've I already said my apologies to Goff, so I don't need to redo it again. But you're right. He, we said before top ten quarterback, and he is that. Yeah. But he was also like a, a meme when he left the Rams, though. Oh yeah, so totally. I, no, he's. It took He's, a lot to, to get me to buy back into it. Yeah, it's two years. Two years of playing this well. Yeah, once you're a meme, though, you don't just get knocked off of that. This is my our Jets fan talk from last week. It's just like Zach Wilson, again, is just like not that good. And, yeah. I, and, I'm, and so I, I sent you a tweet today of someone comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, which is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Looked like a young Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Grow up. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. It's ridiculous. At no point in his career has resembled any no. any bit of Zach Wilson. And that's coming from you. Yeah. No, t- like the foremost Aaron Rodgers hater 
Probably that ever. I know. <laughs> it may be ever, but definitely that I know. So, oh, <laughs> onto my storyline. I was yeah. like, I was like, why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> uh, my storyline is the Cincinnati Bengals finally looked good. It seems like two teams might have snapped back into reality with the Bengals looking like who they're supposed to and the Cardinals looking more like who they thought they would. They still, again, were pretty feisty, but Burrow and Jamar got back to being one of the best one-two punches in the league, and this was all without T. Higgins. So it's I don't know what this means for them. We talked a lot last week about Burrow's health and their lack of a backup quarterback. I don't know if this means Burrow is healthy now and is finally healed up. I don't know if this was just the Cardinals were bad and James Conner got hurt, so they and he's been maybe their best player this year, one of if for sure. So it could have just been a perfect storm and you know, the stars aligning for the Bengals, or this could be a sign of things to come. Next week they've come up against the Seahawks, who their defense isn't great, even though they looked like world beaters against the Giants, but they're very well coached and they're a solid team, so this is, I would say, a really big game for the Bengals. If they lose this, they come up, they have the bye, and then they follow it up against the Niners and the Bills. So if they lose this week against the Seahawks, all of this goodwill that they just earned is shot. I mean, they're in must-win game season for the foreseeable future. Do you have a guess what their division odds are, the Bengals? They're in last right now, right? It's probably like... Plus 600. 350. Do they have the best odds to win the division? Ravens plus 140. Browns plus 300. Steelers and Bengals tied at 350. Okay, so I guess I I was just overshooting there. 350 feels about right. Does it? Yeah. Because, uh, yes, the Ravens lost to the Steelers this week, but uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the future. But, like, I... The Lamar's really bad against the the Steelers. So I I think this is less about the Ravens than it is about Lamar himself in this specific matchup. Um, But I don't think the Bengals are better than... Wait, can you repeat that? Sorry. I think this specific loss was more on Lamar than it is the Ravens. So I think the Ravens are... On Lamar playing bad? On Lamar just in general. I thought it was more about the receivers than anything. On the Ravens. Yeah, but I, I, Lamar has never found great success against the Steelers. That's true, but I think he was the highest-graded offensive player PFF this week. I'm Again, I'm not putting it all on him. I'm just saying it feels like they have his number, and there's, there's for some reason, some voodoo magic on him oh. that he, they, he's not meant to beat the Steelers. So I was basically saying that this is less about the – actual Ravens team themselves and more about just in-division matchups could go either way any given Sunday. Fair. So, And Lamar is a big part of that because he has largely struggled against the Steelers in his career. Yeah, I guess. All right, so my my surprise kind of ties into the Bengals, so I'll go to that. And it's that what the hell did Joe Burrow do to fix his calf? He had the lowest depth of target, A dot, coming into this game. Everybody knows it's because of his calf injury. All of a sudden, they're just airing it out, and he looks maybe not 100%, but 90%. He looked like he was at 40 before. Like I heard one podcast, they were joking if he went to Germany and got that experimental Kobe procedure. <laughs> so I, I heard a little while ago, 
I think they made a big fourth quarter comeback or something, late second half comeback against someone. I can't remember who it was. It was a few weeks ago, but the Bengals opened up the game plan, and Burrow was able to do it. He was fit. He was able to air it out more than he we'd seen in the last couple of weeks. But the question was, can he sustain that over a long period of time? And is it a pain tolerance thing, or is it a this, this is going to snap if we push him too hard? So this could have just been a we're going to push it as far as we can this week, and if you can tolerate the pain, then go for it because we need a win. Or it could have just been that he's healing up. I think to go from where he's, how he's looked physically the last few weeks to where he is now, it's probably just they were willing to open it up because they absolutely had to. I think they're going to absolutely have to, though, for the next few weeks. So I don't think that means he's healthy, but I think that means they realize they have to push this or else their season's over. It's just crazy because it was so evident just watching them. And if you didn't know about it, coming into this week and you were watching, you would have had no idea. I was stunned. I was surprised to see how that offense has operated because we had all become accustomed to the dink and dunk because we thought Burrow was too limited to be able to play like that. Yeah, I guess it's probably a combination of getting healthier and their willingness to throttle it up. That would that would probably be my guess. I don't know if given his health and his calf issues, whether or not he can sustain it. I'm not a doctor, but it seemed like the question was whether or not he could keep doing it without re-aggravating it. But I know that he'll have to do it again this week, and he'll have to do it even more so after the bye. If they lose this week, I'm going to call it quits on the Bengals this year. If they win this week, they still come up against two of the best teams in the NFL. But if they win, and then with the added rest time, Burrow's calf is is, is healed. I still don't think they're better than... I don't think anyone's better than the 49ers. And oh, no, I'm not saying... I agree with that. I'm just saying for the division. But it okay. So if, what what's their record now? Two and four. Two and three. I two think. and three. Sorry. Two and three. They win this week. They're three and three. Right. Great. Five hundred team. But then you come out of the bye and you lose two weeks in a row. You're three and five. If they do, yeah. I think they're gonna lose two weeks in a row. I'm just not. I've lost a lot of picks against the Bengals. Yeah, but also. I don't think they're better than either of those teams, and I think this was the ultimate trap game for the Bills, like we, like I said it would be, and it's not indicative of who they are, and they're more who beat the Dolphins than they are who lost the Jaguars. I just don't think the Bengals, even with Burrow nearing 100%, I, I don't think they're better than either team. So I'm saying, I mean, they could. They've been really good before. I, I just, they put themselves in this spot, and now they're up against three two really really good teams and another really and another good team it's not an easy road for them yeah true uh do you want to do your surprise yeah my surprise is the new york giants being a bottom three team in football i drank the kool-aid this offseason i fully fully invested my belief into the giants i thought they made a lot of good moves in free agency i thought their draft was pretty good I thought last year, while a lot of their wins were fluky, I didn't think their regression would be like this. I thought they would win more games than they lost just because they were more talented. But their O-line is the worst it's ever been, I think. Daniel Jones is getting sacked more than any human can endure, and now he's hurt. 
I was talking about this before with producer Rue, but I think his internal clock is super fucked up because he just has no idea when or where pressure is coming from, so he has to get the ball out really quick. So he's rushing through all his progressions. And without Saquon, they don't have any elite weapons on offense. And pair that with missing your elite top five left tackle with one of the worst O-lines. They just brought Justin Pugh off the chopping block. Yeah, he's probably going to... He might start at, at right tackle next week over Evan Neal. But, oh, or I, he'd, pro- he'd probably start at right guard, I would imagine. But Evan Neal looks like he belongs on a practice squad somewhere. He literally. Flipping burgers. Well, yeah, based on what he said. All time great Don LaGreca rant. Don't think I said this on the pod, but I personally am ready to move on from Daniel Jones. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he lacks talent. I think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just think. He's a lot more Ryan Tannehill than I wanted to admit for a long time, or than I was. I just thought he could rise above that level, and I just I don't think he can anymore. I am ready to stop being a team that can win games with that guy and have a guy who can win a team games. That's where I'm at, and we're not better than we're probably the worst team in the division. Honestly, I mean, the commanders aren't great, but I don't know. They, they do a lot more good things than we do. So I'm kind of ready to throw the season in and try to get one of the really good quarterbacks coming out this year and hopefully – and investing every single other pick in an offensive lineman. I don't give a shit about anything else. And trade Xavier McKinney because McKinney, he talks way too much and just says really stupid shit all the time. Like after game, it's like, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna blame the defense anymore. It's on, it's on all of us. It's like, okay, so you're blaming the offense publicly. <laughs> like if you're if he's too dumb to understand that he's doing that, then get him off the team. And then he he blew like five tackles a couple weeks ago, and he's like, the tackling isn't what lost us this game. Like no, missing a lot of tackles does lose you games. I just I've had enough with this Giants team. I've had enough with. With Daniel Jones, I wish him well wherever he goes next. And, we'll pr- I mean, we're going to have him as the quarterback for another year, I mean, assuming his neck injury isn't really serious. So I- I'm going to root for the guy because I do like him and I did want him to succeed. I think John Mara had it best when we brought in Dable and he said, we've done everything in our power to screw this kid up because we have. When you put a guy behind that O-line, you're setting them up for failure in the biggest way. Everyone saw them as regression candidates, but no one saw them being this bad. I think Kafka's taken a step back as a play caller. I think Dayball's taken a step back as a head coach. I think every aspect of the team has taken a step back, and I know, I know that Bobby Johnson's the worst offensive line coach in the NFL. He's awful. I personally, I don't know much about BJ, but awful. Uh, <clears throat> I I don't I don't remember seeing a team in any really any sport go from this well coached to this poorly coached and we've seen teams go from being adequately coached to terribly coached i don't know that we've seen a team that has been led by by a dude that comes in changes everything has seemingly the whole operation going on the right track everyone is like this guy's a really good coach he wins coach of the year a lot of the the sloppy things that go beyond talent they had totally like f- like working flawlessly last year and now they're undisciplined 
They get penalized a ton. They can't block anyone, which is as much a talent thing, like you said. But then that also questions the resource management for the front office who spent the whole offseason pursuing uh, or like planning to tag a running back, including signing the quarterback to a huge deal to accommodate that, not knowing that the running back was going to refuse to sign the franchise tag and what you could have done. Like, yeah, he brought in Darren Waller, but like you said, the offensive line, people knew it was going to be bad going in. It's still terrible. So front office and coaching staff taking this big of a step back is is worrisome. I think it all genuinely stems from the O-line. I think almost every one of this team's issues stems from the O-line. When the offense can't sustain drives, the defense is always on the field. I think they're probably gassed. They're also running out. Their two starting cornerbacks to start the season were two rookies. I think the last time that had happened was I could be over-exaggerating a little bit because I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was like 40 years. Like, it's unheard of to do that. They made improvements at linebacker with Okereke, and he's actually been one of the – what's the word I'm looking for? Not bright highlight. Spots. Bright spots. Thank you. Bright spots of the season. Or the defense, I should say. There's been no bright spots to the season. That first drive against Dallas. Yeah. Pre-kick being blocked. Yeah. They looked great for those couple of plays, but – the signs were there right away because all of that was Daniel Jones being flushed out of the pocket and having to run. Like, that's all they were doing, and that's all that they can do. And when you know you're going to flush the quarterback out of the pocket, you can prepare for these sorts of things. And when and they're just setting up, like, letting basically all teams are doing this to the Giants. Basically letting Daniel Jones think that the short game is there and then jumping every short route because that's all he can do right now. And again, it's it comes back to the old line. He has no time to do anything. It's and I think it was a bad gamble by Joe Shane. We have the youngest team in the NFL right now, and there's a lot of young old linemen that missed time last year. That I think there was hopes that they would improve, and pairing that with hopeful Evan Neal improvement and not major regression from some of the older guys, but all of it happened. No one improved, and there is major regression specifically from Glowinski who was a good O-lineman, even he was pretty solid last year, but he had success in the NFL prior. There's so much wrong with that O-line, especially without Andrew Thomas. I don't think you could put anyone behind that that line and expect them to have a lot of success, but I've had enough of it. They're really bad, and when you're that bad on offense, it makes it a lot harder for your defense to carry you. Yeah, but uh, and then you have situations where the defense gets frustrated and then speaks publicly like that. It's a mess. Yeah, yeah, yes. I understand the defense being frustrated. I just don't think. I think there's a way to phrase it where you're not airing your team out publicly. Oh, he's in the wrong. Yeah. 100%. So that's my surprise is the New York Giants Mm -hmm. being this bad. My disappointment is the Buffalo Bills disastrous trip to London to play in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, they obviously... Lo- <laughs> <laughs> just go. Just keep going. Uh, no, I mean, I watched the game here. The Bills' offense was la- was lifeless throughout the first three quarters. And also on the defensive side, they were hit tremendously hard coming off the lo- the season-ending torn Achilles for Trey White. They lost 
Matt Milano, the all-pro linebacker, and Daquan Jones, a starting interior defensive lineman for them. Both out indefinitely. Milano broke his leg. Daquan Jones tore his pec, I believe. Coming off the highlight win so far of the season for Buffalo against an electric and staying electric Miami offense. They put up a stinker on the Rhodes Road against Jacksonville, dropping a game that they easily... I, I, right, I meant that they maybe not easily could have had, but they easily could have put up a better showing than than they did but with the the loss and the injury concerns going forward it could be a rough season for the bills they are no longer the favorites in the uh, afc east according to vegas it's now miami i think like i said earlier that the bills are more who we saw last week than who they are this week they're coming off the biggest win of the season probably that they'll have all year against a really really good Miami team they're going to London against a team that's already been there for a week so there's no time change adjustment for the the Jaguars they're already used to it and it's essentially a home game for the Jaguars even though Bills Mafia showed out but the Jaguars are very accustomed to playing in London and the Bills aren't as accustomed to it I think that you're due for some sort of letdown after a win like that paired with all of those other factors I, I just think there was a lot stacked against them and look man I, I saw this coming that's but I guess my thing is that like we know they do this yeah but I don't I didn't see this coming because it was the bills I saw this coming because it's it's a very obvious trap game and they just fell into the trap I still think that they're one of the NFL's elite I do too but my I guess my gripe is more that the Bills know that they're a trap game team. This happens every year. And like you at at a certain point if you don't if you don't know yourself as a team, how could you possibly hope to have long-term success? Like you know, hey, this is a game that we do not typically show up for. Like let's It's on the players. Point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I but I just I don't know. I I just think I'm not can, I think you can talk that. I think I you am. can talk your I think you can talk yourself into you know, like, oh, we're going to change the narrative this time. Like, no trap game for us yet. But, like, it is what it is. I, I, I just think trap games are trap games, for even for the best of the best. And the Jaguars are now yeah. ascending. They, they started off slow, but they're ascending. So I just, I don't know. I think it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't like they went there and lost to the, to the Jets again. Yeah. So I, I just, this game didn't do much for my opinion of them at all honestly Fortnite in london coming back 2-0 the jags have had a nice couple weeks i still don't think i feel really good about the jaguars after these two games though like i know this was a big win over the bills i just i don't know they really weren't convincing against the falcons and they haven't looked great all year i was expecting more out of them and they haven't shown me that much even in this win I like this game wasn't a we're a really good team kind of win. It was kind of like a we're I don't know. It just felt whatever. They're good me. enough to beat a team that doesn't show to beat almost any team that doesn't show up. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I, which is I think the sign of a, a pretty. They're good an team. they're an upper middle class team. They're well coached and they have a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think that wins you a lot of games. I just. I don't know. I'm not a believer in the Jaguars. and They're young, too. They are. And this, I think they'll probably 
keep winning games because they're a good team. I just they're they're not a they're not a real contender just yet. They got some development to do. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do your disappointment? Yeah, my disappointment is the Ravens losing to the Steelers. Uh, in his career, Lamar has notoriously struggled against the Steelers. Uh, he's two and four against them, and his stats career-wise are. I think he's the lowest QBR against the Steelers against uh, versus any other team. I just wanted to also throw out there that without fail, Nelson Aguilar is the most consistent player in the league in that he will always fail you. He will always find a way to drop a really important pass and in back-breaking fashion. This is my disappointment because the Steelers seemed like a sinking ship and the Ravens were coming off a blowout win over the Deshaunless Browns who we just figured out his real first name is not Deshaun. I don't remember what it is, but you can all add Google in it for me so that he can pull it up. But Derek. It's Derek. It's Derek, Derek Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah. I don't know. Derek what... Watson guy. I think yeah. I like him way more than I like Deshaun Watson. Who do you like more, Derek Watson or Derek Watt? Derek Watt. Okay. I actually, I would even like Rick Watt more than Derek Watson. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I thought this was a good opportunity for the Ravens to make a statement uh, statement win and for Lamar to, you know, change the narrative that he can't beat the Steelers, but that kind of just kept going. And I know he, you know, played well, but they still only scored 10 points, so he didn't play that well. I don't know, dude. I think he... I saw C.J. Stroud tear up the Texans a week ago. Or, sorry, the Steelers a week ago. I think they were... I dude, I, they had seven drops, like multiple open touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I but think this will. I, I think Lamar played like a fine game. I think it's not a matter of it being a bad game. I just he was the highest graded passer. So what? Zach Wilson outplayed Mahomes last week for I'm the just, first the first statistical time it's ever happened. I just I, he lost the game. Yes, his receivers failed him. Yes. But in what other what other quarterback do we make that excuse for ever? No uh, one, no one. Receivers drop passes all the time, and the the blame always falls on the quarterback. Always wins aren't a QB stat, but they are. I just I don't understand how it could be his fault that they lost. Like I they had like he gave them so many opportunities to score points that. Like, but they didn't team, score them. Like, I know, but it wasn't his fault at all. So make more opportunities. He made seven. They dropped them all. Zay Flowers tripped over himself on a wide-open touchdown pass. Okay, but they lost the game. They did lose the game. I don't he, think it was they Lamar's put up ten fault, points. Though. They should have put up thirty-four if his receivers didn't drop all these passes. But not my whole story wasn't about it being Lamar's fault. Yeah, it was true. that the narrative is that Lamar can't beat the Steelers, and he didn't change that narrative. You're 100 percent right about that. I saw you're, ESPN. You're arguing the semantics of my statement. Okay, fair. I wasn't saying Lamar had a horrible game. Yeah, I true. said that he didn't do enough to win the game. But I disagree with that. I think he did. But they didn't. But did they win? No, they didn't. But I, so, I don't think it had anything to do with him. I agree that the narrative is still that. It was Lamar's fault because I saw on ESPN that he's notoriously bad against the Steelers. Well, they had the headline like, "Are they get the Ravens getting what they paid for from Lamar?" My, this whole argument turned on its head because of you. Yeah. But I'm just saying he did not do enough to change the narrative, and now you pissed me off. I think he did. But then, how come the narrative hasn't changed? 
How come the ESPN ticker still ESPN's says? ESPN's so dumb. Okay, and what do the vast majority of people learn their sports from, Ad? Us! No! <laughs> no, they don't. They learn it from ESPN, who controls the sports narrative. Yeah. And if he had done more to win them that game, regardless of the drops, he could have changed that narrative, and he didn't. So that is why it was my disappointment. Okay. God you agree, damn it. Agree to disagree on that on on that point. Though. Because just because the narrative didn't change for you though, it doesn't mean that the narrative no, no, no. changed for everyone. I disagree that he didn't do enough to win them the game. But they didn't win the game. I know. If a guy goes out there and puts up 50 points and they lose, they still lost. But like Could he have gone out and grabbed an extra rebound? Could he have done this? Could he have done that? Could he have put his receivers in a better position in other scenarios? But that's like they're saying that that's like saying there's a lot of games where Garrett Cole allows one run and he didn't do enough to put the Yankees in I position. I bet if Garrett Cole gave up one run and the Yankees lost, he would come out and say that he shouldn't have given up that one run. Or like Daniel Jones has nothing to do with the Giants. It has losing. so much to do with Daniel Jones. It has so much to do with Daniel Jones. What? The Giants losing has a lot to do with Daniel Jones. There are plays. You just said nobody could succeed behind I that line. I said nobody would be put in a position to succeed behind that line. I didn't say that no one could succeed. Daniel Jones is missing protections. He's missing reads before the call. He's not He's not changing his linemen to be in proper positions. There are plays that he is messing up. The O-line's not doing him any favors, but Daniel Jones could be doing more. I, I just don't understand what Lamar could have done more because, like, this whole game he was throwing, making perfect decisions, like, put, like putting the ball all over the field, and his team was just, like, Okay, so agree to disagree. Down. Okay. Uh, do you want to, or I guess I'll start with the games for next week. My first one that I have games to look out for next week is Patriots at Raiders. Two one and four teams. And I think this is a, a, a winner wishes they were going home game, if that makes sense, because whoever loses loses this game in the long run is probably this is a win that, a loss that probably benefits either of these teams in the long run more than a win helps them because whoever wins this game is still going nowhere in the long run and at a certain point when the losses keep piling up for both these teams they're going to realize that that they're probably better off not outright tanking but there's no hope of them being competitive and rebuilding going forward is the best course of action so i think from a directional point of view for the rest of the season this is one of the more interesting ones to watch for the result of this game is interesting yeah pretty much for all the wrong reasons both teams are in really rough spots you're right a loss would probably benefit both of them in the long run I think the Pats have a lot more hope of figuring it out than the Raiders do, but the Raiders have a lot more talent than the Patriots do. I agree with that. So, I don't know, maybe this will be a – there will be another Greg Williams actively tanking <laughs> moment during this one. I think it's more likely if it happens to come from the Raiders because pride-wise, I don't know if Bill's going to let his team lose to Josh Mc, McDonald's. No, I don't think so. I, I think McDaniels is going to be – very badly outcoached regardless of the talent disparity and i'd i'd be pretty shocked if the raiders won even if the patriots are the worst team which yeah they might be this is and honestly there's usually a lot of entertainment value in terrible team versus terrible team yeah sometimes they turn out a lot better than bad team or sorry good team versus good team yeah or always better than good team versus bad team 
Not always. True, not always. But often. USC, Arizona. Yes, but uh, <laughs> but often. But often, for sure. Uh, I only have one matchup for this week, so I'll just give it, and then you give your second. All so right, mine is Lions-Bucks. I think the Bucks defense is legit. I think the Lions everything is legit. So it'll just be a, a, a good test for Goff. It'll be a good matchup. And I'd like to see how Baker fares in this one because – you know they had a bye this week, so we didn't get to see it. But he's looked pretty solid all year, and the Lions are really, really good. So I just think this will be a fun matchup. I could totally see Baker having that job for like four years now, going forward. Apparently, he reached out to the to the Bucks. I think I heard that story too. I'm I'm glad to see that he's he's doing well there. It seems uh, that all his teammates really love him too. I've heard stories about. He's just constantly out in Tampa, like always with his teammates, with the offensive linemen, flew the receivers out for a vacation, something like that. Mm-hmm. So he seems like a cool dude. I, I always I always liked Baker, but the commercials were, were a little annoying. I think the commercials went a long way to make people dislike him. Yeah, they were really good, but they were just on all too much. the time for, too for much. so long, too. Too much exposure to someone like that. It just... It makes you dislike him. Because they kept they kept coming out with new ones even after we knew that he wasn't going to be, like, a superstar. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was, like, obviously, like, he was a first overall pick. So for a couple of years, it was like, oh, Baker, like, first overall pick. But then it's like, all right, it's big Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, my second game to watch next week is Colts at Jaguars. Even without AR, which would have made this super entertaining, Anthony Richardson against Trevor Lawrence. Minshew is still a top 27-ish quarterback in the NFL. I There's a couple starters that he's definitely better than. And the AFC South is just really tight. There's two teams. The Jags and the Colts are both 3-2. and two, So whoever wins this is in pole position for that division. The Texans and Titans not far behind at 2-3. and three, So it's just really interesting to see how this thing will shake out because everybody expected it to be the Jaguars' division to lose. And I still think it is, and it will be with a win here. But if they lose, then it, it's more up for grabs than anybody thought it would be. So it's an early litmus test, if you if you would ever use that term on a podcast. I've never once heard that term, actually, <laughs> so I, I'm not even familiar with what it means. Uh, but I think the Jaguars should win that one. I, I agree. Like Minshew is a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, him being a backup for this long has been kind of shocking, especially because whenever he's filled in as a starter, he's done pretty well. But still, I, I think the Jaguars should win this game. They are the better team, and without the dynamic – element that anthony richardson provides i just i would pick them in that one but i agree the the division's a lot more interesting than we ever thought it would be i actually threw a few dollars on the texans to win it because i like the odds and because they're still in it i like that yeah but uh yeah it's that's a good matchup that'll be a good one to watch yeah the the young quarterback play in that division is crazy i mean Stroud looks like a superstar. Lawrence is already the half of football that the Colts get every week out of Anthony Richardson before he goes off hurt is always super exciting. Yeah, I agree. I think the future is pretty bright in that division, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, that's that's the biggest if right now. Um, That's the last game I had for next week at two. Yeah, I I only got the one this week. It's there's a lot of like okay games but like the giants are certainly not going to be on my matchups to watch anymore so 
You can have half of my second game if you want. I'm probably not going to eat it all. Yeah, okay. I'll have whatever you leave for me. Whatever crumbs you got left. Uh, you want to go on to award season? Yes. I th will go first because you went first for uh, the meat. Cool. So my first award is the death taxes, Nelson Aguilar dropping passes, and fill in the blank award. So this is something, the the only things in life that are guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It's not Minnesota Twins losing a playoff game. No. I think that the answer to this is Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown. No, but that would have been a good one. That could have been, that could have, that and Nelson Aguilar dropping passes could are interchangeable, but that would have been a good one. No. Do you want another guess? Yeah. Is it, what sport is it? It's football. It's football. Okay. Uh, Texas losing a big game. Not being back. No, but it's a team in Texas. Texas saying I'm losing to Alabama. No, it is. It's no, no it's a. It, oh, the I'll, Cowboys losing to San Francisco. The Cowboys losing to San Francisco and specifically just failing in the biggest moments, so, or Dak imploding in the biggest <laughs> moments. Dak's the epitome of pressure burst pipes. He threw three picks in the biggest game of the year. He showed exactly why the Cowboys are continually more pretenders than contenders. Dak and Mike McCarthy are just not the guys you want leading your team to a championship regardless of how much talent surrounds them, and I don't care that McCarthy won a ring. If I had my pick of the litter of head coaches, he would probably be one of the bottom ones that I would choose. I was disappointed when the Packers finally fired him. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. And going into this game at, last week, I said I thought the 49ers would win the game and that if the Cowboys put on a great performance and – if they had even if they had won, it would have done a lot. But if they'd even gone out there and played it tough and made it close, it would have gone a long way to change my impression of them. But instead, it just made me dig in my heels even more and confirmed everything I believed of them. The 49ers are unbelievably good and are capable of doing this to most teams in the league, I would say. But when you are supposed to be one of the upper echelon teams in the NFL, you're not supposed to get embarrassed on national TV. I think I saw 26 million people tuned in for yeah. it. So getting embarrassed in that way is perfect. Is yeah, perfect and makes so much sense. I'm sure Stephen A had a blast today, or if I don't know yesterday. if he was yesterday. Yeah, I didn't know when he was on. There's just too much evidence to support Dak being a choker at this point. That that's kind of just who he is. There was a funny McAfee bit today. He was just like in reenacting the roller coaster of being a Cowboys fan. It's like a couple good weeks, and you're like feeling yourself. Like the offense has some awesome players. Lines back. Mike Parsons is the best player ever. Dan Quinn, you're just like up, 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 and then just poof. Yeah. And then like you go on another, win a couple games again, and you're like climbing back up, and then you maybe win a win a wild card game, and just poof, and the season over. It's like King Ka. For, yeah, for those who are Kong. Six Flags familiar, it's, Six Flags Northeast. Only. Yeah, oh, Six Flags Northeast. It's straight up. It's I don't I don't know how high it is in the air. It's really high in the air, and then it's just straight down. I think it's tr it's Travis Scott height, the highest in the room. It's the highest room. in in the state. That's for sure. My first award is the Out of Gas Award. The Out of Gas Award. Name wise, it's pretty straightforward. Is it going to the Ravens because of the Gus bus? No, it's not. <laughs> then I, I, that was that's the only place my mind went to. So. It's going to a bird team. A bird team in the National Football League. Okay. 
So I said the Ravens. It's not the Eagles. It's is it the Cardinals? Yeah. Okay. Nice. That was actually the second team I thought of, but I I didn't think it was that. So okay, go yeah, on. Yeah, no, I mean the Cardinals were the the tank team coming into the season. Uh, they let the the tank is empty. Oh, I, well, that was an unintentional pun, actually. But oh. it was just like everyone was like, "This is the worst team in the league." Without Kyler, new coach, they're gonna they're gonna just go for the number one pick. Then they've looked way better than everybody expected them to. They won a couple. I mean, they beat the Cowboys. They were up big on the G Men. <clears throat> And then it looked like uh, the lack of talent has maybe finally caught up to them. They struggled mightily with Cincinnati, which could prove to be an outlier, but I think in reality it's a very bad team that heard all the noise and was very disrespected by it and wanted to shut people up and prove a point. And that has maybe run out now that they're five weeks into an NFL season and the talent is starting to really matter and the lack, lack of it is is beginning to show up i think the cardinals have been punching above their weight all year they they still were i mean largely uncompetitive throughout the game but feisty was the word i used and i still maintain that word but i i think the the wheels are falling off a little bit i think they're they're going to be wheelless pretty soon and they'll fall into their tank and it sucks because i actually i even i woke up one of these days, don't remember what it was. I drove into work, I got to work, and I had the thought of, huh, I wonder if Josh Dobbs really is the guy. Dude, I the other day, I literally woke up and I was just like, Josh Dobbs, the guy, like, guy. Yeah, I, won- I was like, I wonder what they'll do. Are they going to trade Kyler? Like, is Josh Dobbs really the guy? I'm still not certain that he's not. I think he's better than Zach Wilson, and Jets fans are still calling him the guy, so. He could be Minshew. Josh Dobbs. He's gay. Yeah, he could be a guy. That's, yeah. But uh, he's, he definitely has some talent, starting level talent, it seems. So, but yeah, I agree with you. I think they're they're running out of gas here. Uh, what's your second award? My second award is the Joe Girardi slash Mark Sanchez award. <laughs> I mean, I, I already started going a lot of directions when you said Girardi. I'm curious. I just want to know... I want you to come up with a reasoning for the award. It's not going to be it. Is it just time to move on? No. No, but I do. I, I like the connection there. No. <laughs> in 2009, the Jets brought in Joe Girardi. No, the they New didn't. York Jets. Yes, they did. Oh, they did. They brought in Joe Girardi to teach Mark Sanchez how to slide. And it is time that the Indianapolis Colts bring in someone to teach Anthony Richards how to slide, how to get out of bounds, how to protect himself from injury, because he's getting hurt all the time. I'm sorry. Joe Girardi? Yes. Why didn't they bring, like, somebody who slides frequently, not a manager? Well, I guess they could have brought in, like, a base running coach, but I don't don't think that was... Or, like, a player. Uh, Well, Girardi was a player. He was, but George Girardi wasn't sliding by 09. <laughs> no, but I don't think he was. I was more so about... Uh, Just, p- like, pointers? When we bring Joe Girardi in, Rex Ryan said, this is all about business. Mark understands that. We kid about the Sanchez name, but he's the face of our franchise. We've got to keep him healthy. Coach said he'd have someone out to work with me on sliding. I thought he meant it would be one of the coaches. Sanchez slid 10 to 15 times in a mat, making like Derek Jeter. That's what this New York Post article. There's a lot more about it. It's from December 1st, 2009. 
So I'm sure it might not have just been Girardi. It could have been Girardi and an instructional coach of some sort. But, I mean, also Girardi played in the NFL and he's – sorry, MLB. <laughs> Joe Girardi did not play in the NFL. Played in the MLB and has a lot of experience teaching and in sliding. So I guess it's not in a horrible idea. But, yeah, I think it's – I think – this was less about the backstory and more no, about Anthony I, Richardson needs to learn how to protect himself. I agree. I agree with the principle in its yeah. entirety. I was just yeah, flabbergasted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know who's a, who's a fantastic slider that doesn't help him at all right now because he's not playing? Who? Kyler. Oh, okay. Baseball guy. I was going to say Trey Turner. Maybe. He's like the best slider in the MLB. Then he definitely is it's a really great cool. slider. They could have brought him. They can bring him in. Now they can. Probably yeah. not 09. No, no. He was probably like... Eight. Yeah, wow, I forgot 09 was a long time ago. 14 years. In my head, it's still like 2015. He was six. Ooh. No, 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 no. He was 16. So he's probably got some experience. Probably better at sliding than Sanchez, but... At that point, yeah, probably. Um, all right, my second award is the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning Award. Was this team really good or really bad? This was one of the best teams ever regular season is this going to the 49ers this is so this is going to a team that had a really good regular season and was out of the postseason in the blink of an eye before they could even realize what happened because they got the rays yes going to the rays who have been swept clean out of the postseason yeah, if only the Yankees could have been involved in that. But the Rays were... We settle for rooting against our enemies. Mm-hmm. The Rays were unbelievable in the first half. I mean, they lost the division after that hot start, so it was kind of evident. And they've had so many injuries, so many pitching injuries. So not to excuse them losing, but it, it just kind of makes a little more sense. But, but yeah, I'm happy they lost, and I'm happy that they weren't the world-beating team that they seemed like in the first half. Yeah, and it's crazy how fast you can be out of the playoffs in baseball. Mm-hmm. Two days. The wild card round is pretty insane. It's almost playing game esque. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, and that doesn't count as the playoffs. True. You ready to move on? Yeah. Bold prediction of the year. Of the week. Nice. Yes. Um. I'll start it up. All right. My bold prediction of the year of the week, which is not so bold, but bold based on what the line is currently set at, the or set at at the time I saw, is that the Eagles are going to demolish the Jets. The line was set at 6.5, which felt astonishingly low. I know the Eagles haven't been at their best thus far this year, but they are still far better than the Jets are, and I think their D-line is going to take Zach Wilson's launch money. I, I think they're going to bully him, and I think he's going to return to the Zach Wilson that you and I know and don't love. And he's going to do everything in his power to make it so all the Jets fans' faith that they've been putting in him the last two weeks goes to nothing because it's unwarranted. So if you were to set the line of this game... 13 and a half. I was gonna, that was the number I was going to ask. Yeah. Thir- yeah, 13 and a half. Okay. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a... Yeah. I think that's bold. I think that qualifies as bold. I'm not disagreeing. I'm doubling the line. Yeah, that's much. what I'm saying. So, I think yeah. line doubling counts qualifies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what made it bold was was the line, not yeah. the prediction, because I think the outcome is expected. Yeah. Cool. I, I like that. 
My bold prediction is going to be that we will see Malik Cunningham. Dude. Take many snaps for the New England Patriots next week. I had the same thought. I was thinking that. I, but mine was that Mac was going to get benched again because he has been. And I was like, this O-line is so bad. Maybe they need someone who can run. And I was like, they have Malik Cunningham. And we were talking about Louisville. So I was like, they could try that out. Yeah. So it's, they, it, it is logical. They said the offense <clears throat> is going to look very different next week. Okay. I wonder if you'll – he hasn't been suiting up, I assume. No. But I, I wonder if they will because I think technically they're – I don't know how it works. But I know they've called Zappy up from the practice squad. I don't know if they can just send him back down and then – I think they can. S- swapsies or what's up. But I don't think it's like waivers. I think yeah. They can send him down. I, I think um, probably. But my, yeah. my guess is – my prediction is that they're going to dress Malik and then he's going to go in. Maybe not – I don't think he's going to start. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I, don't, I think Mac's going to start. I, I don't know if it'll be that it'll they'll give him some snaps or some packages or whatever just to try something, or if Max just going to get benched and they're just going to try him out. But I, I think if he dresses, we're going to see him. Yeah, I agree. But I guess the bold prediction is that he dresses more than anything else. I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's both, though. If he dresses and doesn't go in, I'm not, I'm not going to count it as being right. No, no, no. But it's... It's them in snaps. it's them in tandem. So it can't be him going in, running wildcat, and then coming out for the rest yeah. of the game. But Max just been benched the last two weeks, so him getting benched again doesn't feel super crazy. Yeah. So that yeah, that was where I was at with that. Good show. Good, good show. Good program. Yes. Time to tell the people where they can find us. Okay. Here. On the platform they're listening currently. Yes, you could find us on whatever platform you're currently listening on. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. I'm really running podcast, DV, Overcast, iHeartRadio. Almost forgot that one. Very important. Podbean, 5 Twig Collectibles, Linktree. This is pretty much kind of a cop-out, but we're on it. And we're in 5 Twig Collectibles' Instagram bio, where you can redirect from there to us. So I'm going to count that one as a win. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Yep. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Producer Rue. I'm Adam Hartog. This was episode 25 of the Breaks Down Podcast. We'll be back with another episode next week. Breaks Down Podcast, 528. Go Chelsea. Thank you. <laughs>